Hey guys, it's Matt, or you may know me as Milks, and this is my podcast. So what's it all about? Well, I'm just your average 40-something dad that loves to game and talk tech, as well as relate with the stresses of modern day life. So come on in, grab a drink, and listen as we cover topics, stories, and welcome some of my fellow gaming parents on the show. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, please drop a follow, it's very much appreciated. So hello and welcome to podcast three. Uh, firstly, apologies, this one's taken a little bit longer to get out than I wanted. I wanted to get this out middle of last week, but things happen, life gets in the way. That's probably partly why we called it this uh, this podcast, the Dadcast, because dad things happen. Um, and last week was both my wife and my daughter's birthday, Monday and Friday, so everything in between just went a bit crazy and the house was madness. So, yeah, I wasn't quite in the place to record this, but that has worked in our favour because it's given me the opportunity to invite a guest on this week. I was going to fly solo, and I've brought in uh, a guest which is it's a bit unusual because it's not just a gaming buddy, this is a local buddy, uh, which, which is nice because for so long Instagram has been uh, about virtual friends and friends that I've built up, but, you know, hopefully would meet, but the likelihood is I'm not going to meet the vast majority of them. So when I've started to build up some some local friends who are also into gaming, it's it's really cool. So my guest today, he, we've got an interesting backstory um, and how we've kind of reconnected many, many years later, and we'll go into that in a minute, but I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you for joining me tonight. Thanks for the invite. I'm I'm loving your room. We've obviously talked about this before you came on, but just explain very quickly to uh, our listeners what you've been going through the last kind of couple of weeks. So the last couple of weeks in total, I've completely moved house from sitting on my dining room table uh, with a little iMac, uh, just working away, uh, MacBook Pro, I should say. And uh, now I have a full blown office recording studio set up everything like and it looks awesome. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. For those who can't see this, I've got the the bird's eye view of the stream camera, and it looks good. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I found uh, the reason why I've got this from from like zero to hero is I found out that I have a permanent damage in my right knee. Um, okay, I no longer can do downhill mountain biking or anything regarding like American football, which I used to do semi-professionally. So I had, I actually had a deposit down for a really expensive mountain bike and I had to cancel it because I'm no longer able to do it. So I just thought, you know what, what's my other love? And that's like streaming, gaming and technology. So I just dumped all of the deposit into one <laughs> big setup. And that just... makes a lot of sense now because every day there was a new Amazon purchase. Right. And we're like, he's going for it. That's either credit card or that's, you know, we've imposed him so much. Yeah. Um, I, but I he's, he's a got big, to buy a big it. amount of money. Like, but I've done really <laughs> In a short well. space of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. I like people who have that kind of vision. Like we were talking about a monitor and you're like, you know, what monitor you use? And I, I said that and I was like, you know, maybe maybe you'll find because these are discontinued now, these mm. these um uh, PB287Q monitors. And then within 24 hours, you found one on Facebook Market. You've got it. You've got a deal and it's in your room. <laughs> I, I know, right? I was like, do you know what? That, that, that monitor Mike Milks has got is banging. Like it's really nice. And the stand looks sick. And I was like, I need one. What is it? And then you told me, and I was like, oh, no, it's discontinued. And I just managed, I was just looking on Facebook Marketplace, which, by the way, the majority of my entire setup has been sourced from, and some guy who was just selling one, and he was like, I'm getting a 49-inch Ultra. And I was like, I'll buy it off you for 100 quid. And he's like, yeah, okay, done. Yeah. And just turned up as he was having dinner, and he just handed it over. And the best thing about it was it was still sealed. It still had like the protective really? film around it. 
Yeah, I've, and it was so it's like brand box. new. Yeah, absolutely brand new. Like it was been out. That's of the amazing. Box. I was like, this That's is amazing. incredible. It is such a good monitor. I mean, I think it's a twenty-eight inch. But it's when a you beast. flip that, it is a beast. I'm not it, is lie. A be- it looks it looks big, but it's really useful for doing stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, I've got right right now. I've got you right in front of me. I've got yeah. Discord in Sorry the background, and I've got my main monitor in front of me, my light, and it's just so nice to have that that big piece of tech just looking at you and you just know that everything you need on it is on that screen right now. So it's, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it should be a lot more expensive. I think these, if they were still making them, I think these were around a £350 monitor. Yeah, it's about My it. story, we'll obviously go back to how we know each other in a second, but just very quickly on that one, I actually got mine for free. Oh, you because jammy sod. <laughs> I did. In the job that I do, obviously we um, turn properties over and, and uh, make them ready for the next person. And the, uh, there was this flat, do you know um, Richmond Hill Gate? Yeah. Um, there was a, a tenancy in there and the guy was a graphic designer from Spain and he was there for about 18 months and he had a setup. This is before I had a setup. This is going back some time now. But he had this amazing setup and um, this was one of his monitors. And I think he was just literally getting on the plane and going home. So he took his laptop with him and we cleaned the property out, and uh, I looked in a cupboard. No and way! This this monitor was in the cupboard, and this is like I said, this is before gaming setup. So this originally wasn't done like this. This was used for like Xbox gaming and stuff like that. But yeah. I looked at it, and I was like, "This monitor is massive. It's really big." And, and I, I didn't have any monitors at that stage, so I picked it up. I carried it all the way back down to the office. It wait, obviously, they're not light. These these monitors I carried no, I it like, all say, the way the down. The stand on its own is industrial concrete. I swear, it's, they're, it's yeah, heavy. they're pretty heavy. So I carried it all the way back to the office. Didn't know whether it worked. Carried it, then took it to the car park at the end of uh, that day. Took it all the way home, set it up, and it worked. And I was just like. Then I looked at how much the monitor was. Mm. I was like, oh my God, I've just picked up like a, a 350 pound monitor. That's absolutely nothing. ridiculous. I can't believe it. So that's my steal. And that's what comes back sometimes to the point of people think, oh, you must have spent thousands on your setup. But there are definitely bargains along oh, the way. And that's my that's my biggest find. 100%. Like, I've just literally today, I was just telling you a minute ago, I've got this Audio Technica limited edition white AT2020 with a shock mount and the Logitech mount, uh, mount that you have, and I've got an M Audio 192-4. Sorry for sounding like a fax machine there, but <laughs> it's an audio interface, and I got the whole thing for 100 quid. I know, that's nuts. You can only buy an so Audio nuts. Technica microphone XLR on its own for 80 quid at the moment on Amazon. Bearing in mind, mm. that's this has got a shock mount. The, the boom arm itself is over 100 quid. And I just yeah. Did you get the compass one? That was the, the yeah yeah the, yeah. yeah. The, it's just incredible. The blue I was, mic. I was just like, it's a great deal. I was like, this is mad. And do you know what? I got it from a guy who's a professional arcade Quake player in Bournemouth. Really? Yeah. Wow. What's the odds? Yeah, and he was just like, yeah, I'm I'm upgrading. I don't need such a big stream setup. And I was like, mate, like, uh, yeah, I'll have it. And I knew it worked because he streamed the night before using the microphone. So I was just like, wow. fantastic. Yeah. That is sick. I mean, that's that's where it comes back to uh, it being a small world. So we'll go all the way back to the start. Obviously, we, mm. um, we've we connected on Instagram recently. You've uh, joined the Royalty RGB community and been a big kind of uh, impact in there and a big figure. And, and obviously, wearing the cap now, not that people can see, we're both wearing our, our flags and, mm-hmm. uh, and supporting it. And it's been brilliant having you in there. But it's quite an unusual thing how we reconnected. Um, oh, mate, completely now, out of nowhere, yeah. Really random, really random, because we actually um, worked together on a business perspective, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. but um, I assisted in selling your property. Yeah, um, yeah. How many years ago is it now? Maybe five, six? I would say were... about 
I would say five or six region, definite. I can't give five you an or six exact, years. exact reason. Yeah, I've been in this. Yeah. And then we, then we obviously, when you moved out of there, there was a, a period where we didn't, obviously, because you don't. And then a couple of years, well, probably about 18 months later, I think your partner um, invited me out to your previous house, now previous house, yeah. which you were doing loads of work to at the time. Yeah. We were talking extensions and stuff like we're that. We are talking absolute gutted back Masses. to nothing. And yeah. Yeah. You, you'd done hard, you'd basically done the front half of the bottom of the house. The lounge was looking good and yeah. the kitchen was still planning, I think, extension stage. Your master bedroom, I think you were planning to put in a partition and build an ensuite and there was all of that. Oh my God. And it was it's just so you know, weird talking about all this again. Yeah. I know. I know. And it was so weird, but it was, you know, you could see the vision there because obviously you had, a, you could definitely tell. I mean, I, 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 funnily enough to to jog my memory went back into some of our old archive photos of your your apartment in Bournemouth Town Centre which obviously I remember specifically because of the Marvel artwork yeah um for those obviously who, who they wouldn't know this story I, I would go into uh to Ryan's apartment and think this is like my ideal pad it's like before I owned a place and that place was you know, fantastic right it was it cool was wasn't amazing, it you, yeah. you you had probably the 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 best flat and I think you got out of there at the right time yeah, as well because a- those flats were hard to sell they changed management agent again and again and again and by the end of it, it they were almost impossible to buy yeah we were um, the um what was it the uh home home buyers to buy. yeah home buyers. To buy scheme yeah and it was really mm. difficult to get out of and I think yeah. we were had well we they had raised that. the criteria so much yeah we had that you know, place think, on for sale for over a year and it was it was a long time a and then time. we got you out of there and then you got the house and then now you're in the next house so yeah. that that's how we knew each other we um we obviously worked together on on selling that property and and then I met you at the next property which um which I believe my sales department is they they sell it again they obviously did, I'm in yeah, the rentals yeah, now yeah, they did they did so sell it yeah. they sold that one and you went into the next one but then I can't remember what it was. There was something going on Facebook. I think it was one of my images we used on another Facebook page. Yes. And my cousin commented on it. And then I think you commented on it. And so it gets gets even weirder than that. Yeah. It gets even weirder than that. Yeah. So I was looking for a desk. Right. And I was like, I was trying to explain to my wife what I wanted for a desk to work at. Because, you know, I'm a tall guy. I'm like a six foot three. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah like ex-America powerhouse. I'm a big bloke, right? So I wanted a big desk and I knew I wanted to go into something like this eventually. Um, mm. I didn't, it didn't realize how quick that fruition was going to come into place, but it did. Um, so I was looking online for like designs of homes and stuff because we were looking at moving and one of your desk pictures came up on this random Facebook page and I was like, this, this page has been showing me pictures of garages and bedrooms and now it's just showing me a desk. And I was like, that desk is absolutely insane. I then commented on it and then your cousin, who I met through um, N, uh, what was it? NCT classes, right? Okay. With my, with my wife and we met him and his partner. And Holly, yeah. Yeah, that's how we met. Now I used to work with Holly in JP Morgan. Whoa. As well as well. Uh, and me and Holly knew each other. But then obviously your cousin commented and then you came along and I was like, oh my God, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? And then I was just it's like, so bizarre. what desk have you got? How did you make that? And then you did it and you dropped a YouTube video about it all. And I was just like, oh my God, this is such a weird small world. 
It is freaky. It's totally freaky because, of course, I, I think I'd mainly be dealing with Kat for, for, for most of, obviously, the first sale and stuff. And then, yeah. obviously, she invited me out to the house. So, like, we we never really had a lot of direct conversation until I met you at the second property. And yeah. then we obviously had a chat and stuff and, and got on well and, and things like that. But it it is funny, like, you're on the fringes of these, like, what's that film called? Is it Closing Doors or Sliding Doors? Mm, yeah, Where you yeah, have all these kind doors, of, yeah. like... Pla- parallel sort of uh, friendships and but they're very very close to each other and then you know it just took that one little connection from my cousin and, and bam you've got all these other avenues and stuff and then we well, obviously got talking from there invited you on to uh well you were on instagram found each other on instagram then obviously got you in the discord in community royalty and um yeah we kind of haven't looked back since then but it's just bizarre how that's that's happened it's so it's so weird how we have such familiar interests and we've been mm. so close to, to bridging that and it's just not done it, and then boom! It's just one yeah. random thing, and yeah, great. It great is strange, move. but but looking at like you know when you go and do Facebook stalking and all that sort of stuff, we don't have a lot of mutuals. Obviously, no. like you said, you've got my cousin, you've got Holly, and things like that. I do think parenting brings people together. Like the friends I have now. Um, it's not that I don't have my old friends, I, I still do, but I have a different set of friends yeah. now. I have parent friends as 100% well. Agree. And and they've become really, really close friends because you have that massive common interest of being parents together. So obviously you did that with Holly and, and Tom. And um, you know, I've done it with uh, at Mechetti. So, you know, my my mate Paul, yeah. um, you know, from the Discord as well, he lives two roads from me. And um I think our partners met and then i met him for the first time at a kids party it was a rugrats um indoor roller skating skateboard kind of bmx place over in pool uh-huh. and you know the first time's always a bit awkward you're like hello i'm a dad uh, yeah you're on dad duty today um and it took a couple of times for us to kind of you know get past that awkwardness phase but it, like you said you open up those similar interests and you think actually we got a lot in common yeah um but it's it's it, it definitely the parenting brings you together I, think, I know carly for example she's met so many friends that you know when i first got with her she had a really tight-knit friend group and as they all sort of went their own ways had kids moved areas stuff like that we kind of didn't replace them but we kind of had that next generation of friends which were the parent friends where you went to classes together swimming <clears throat> with the little babies together and all that sort of stuff they go for coffees and this is kind of our version you know we don't go for coffees we hang out online and, and chat and exactly yeah post pictures and, and do all that and i think it's awesome yeah it's it's great it's really hard to explain to people what we do mm. like and i find Very. that thing almost in some way a taboo subject just gaming in general like you don't expect a grown male yeah. to be gaming but uh, on the flip side of that i have uh, a bit of a different situation where obviously my daughter is only like nine months old now um, mm. but two to three of my friends who my close net friends have had kids at the same age so we're yeah. going through the same kind of experiences together and yeah I'm looking forward to Rugrats roller disco parties. That sounds fantastic, by the way. <laughs> they they are good. If you can get a dad mate, you build that bond very quickly because you're like, this is just carnage. It's very stressful. <laughs> um, like I, I, the one thing I found as a parent is I'm the anxious one, and I never thought I would be. I thought I'd be the chill, cool dad. I'd be the one that has fun, and everyone rolls their eyes to say, "Ah, oh, you know, look at him." But I've become the really kind of serious, anxious one because I'm like, no, you can't do that. Don't do that. Don't break this. 
you know, you're going to knock your head, you're going to fall and, and kill yourself. And it's weird how I've become that kind of worry wart parent that I never thought I would be. It's just bizarre. And Carly's like the really blase one, like, oh, no, it's fine. Just let him get on with it. Yeah. Do you, do you think you feel like that because you don't spend a lot of time around the kids, whereas Carly does the majority of the day? Possibly. Maybe? Yeah, possibly. I think I think that probably plays a part. Yeah. When, when I'm I think I'm also uh, obviously I've I've said to everyone I've got OCD uh, and I, and I think that plays a little part into it that I I want everything to be perfect at all times and and that also want two perfect children that don't make lots of noise and stuff. <laughs> the reality is that's never going to happen. But you know, in an ideal world, I think you know they're just going to come in and be the perfect kids. But I think you just got to learn to, and I've had to teach myself this to just let stuff slide. They're kids. Let them have fun. Let them make noise. They're not being naughty. They're just being kids. And it's, you know, I think when you come from a very serious job and all that sort of stuff where, you know, you're not allowed to go crazy and stuff, mm. you kind of bring that home with you a little bit. Yeah, completely. It takes agree. you a little bit of time to unwind and say, no, this is normal. This isn't wrong. Um, they're just being kids. Yeah. I've got it. all that to come. Yeah, I've got all of that to come. I mean, my having Ella this year has been completely unexpected. As in, I mean, that sounds horrendous. She definitely was planned. <laughs> yeah. But this whole year in general. You're ahead of schedule. Yeah, whole year in general has been mental to have a kid in. Well, it has, yeah. I mean, this obviously has been a mental year. In some ways, I guess, it's, it's kind of worked a little bit into your favour of being a dad. Obviously, we don't get a long paternity leave. So when I had my two, you know, you have those two weeks off and then it's back to the, you know, it's back to the office and you do miss a lot of precious moments. Yeah. So I guess having the the ability, as we spoke earlier, you're probably going to be working from home for the foreseeable future. Is is that's probably one of the upsides of um, of having to work from home and, and doing all of this. And someone said on the radio earlier, actually, as a dad, I feel like I'm experiencing stuff that I would never have experienced before. Yeah. I would. There's pros and cons with working at home. Uh, yes. The pro, I know the cons. The, the pros <laughs> are you see parts of your child's development that you yeah. wouldn't have been able to. The cons are you're working from home and you mm. can't it's not time you can't off. stop working to help you I mean you physically can stop working to help your partner and, and I do it with Kat a lot and like I mean she has been she has been amazing throughout this whole thing. Mm. Um but it's hard to disengage work and help out with a, a kid situation, if you see what I mean. It's two very different yeah. mental compartments to switch between. Um, and funny enough, I was actually speaking to a, um, one of your colleagues the other day uh, in the house, and I was saying to him, he, I was like, how you how you find a lockdown? And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm finding it difficult because I'm not, I don't get that switch off moment where I leave mm. work and go into family mode. Did you know, yeah. like, and I was like, yeah, I never really thought about that. I used to commute from to Southampton to Bournemouth every day, and I would have like an hour and a bit to just unwind, and unwind. Get out of Whereas work now, I like literally open my office door, which you can see behind me, and there's a baby mm. it, with like full extent ready for me to pick up, and I'm like, whoa, okay, yeah, that's that's madness. But yeah, overall, I think working from home is beautiful. Um, I get to see other it's not calling, about challenges but it's tough yeah it's really tough yeah I am not going to lie I'm very envious that you have a room 
because as I've said to a lot of people, I'm sat in my dining room. So if you saw my camera now, you'd think, oh, look, he's got a really cool room and look, there's his setup. And, you know, that's a little professional sort of rig. If you just spin my chair a little bit, you can see the dining room table <laughs> and the fruit bowl. And that that was the problem. When we were working from home March, April, May, June, July, is this is a through fare to the kitchen. So there is no quiet. So I did actually, after a while, end up doing what we're doing now is headphones on. Mm-hmm. And I'd be playing, I would play, I wouldn't be talking to anyone, but I'd be playing music. Yeah. Um, just really quietly just to kind of almost like a bit of noise cancelling and they'd be running around it would just help me focus on typing an email because I would find a, a you know a complex email one that required a bit of thought and stuff it would take me four hours yeah because I would do it save it draft do it you know and, and by the time you sent it it's so broken yeah. all the language is so broken because you're in dad mode you know for most of it but no it's been it's definitely been crazy, but I think I think probably the pros have outweighed the cons. It's it's been nice, but I couldn't do it forever. No, definitely couldn't do I it. Know, it's I, nice. I'm back at the office now. I know that they like thinking about extending paternity leave, and I think they really should because two weeks isn't enough. It, it's it not. Really isn't no, enough. I agree. Like, I assume the people who are listening to this are dads, okay, and they would agree. I think the majority. Two yeah. two weeks. Um, say for example, you had the perfect birth. All right, two weeks is still. Mm not enough to just leave a, uh, a woman with a child. Like they, no, like, I mean, if they've had cesarean, for example, exactly. like Carly's second second was a cesarean, she couldn't drive for two weeks. Exactly, that's the same so, with Kat. She had a cesarean and, you know, yeah. some people have awkward slow recovery and slow recovery. And, you know, mm. <laughs> how are you meant to look after a kid if you can't physically no. sit up out of bed? I mean, some yeah. people don't think that. And, and then we had that. And on top of that, we had a pandemic where we couldn't do anything we weren't we didn't have access to milk we didn't have access to the the care the aftercare which is was the biggest problem for us like Mm -hmm. that's where i'm saying with pros and cons like the cons is the complete aftercare we had like ella had uh torticollis in her neck um right so a bit of a backstory i'm six three cat six foot ella's Ella's going to be tall, right? She yeah. she came out rather rather long, um, because where she was in Cat's body, she uh, her neck couldn't turn left or right. I can't remember which one, so yeah. she couldn't latch when we were breastfeeding, which means she wasn't getting the nutrients, and Cat wasn't able to keep up with just supplying on one side. So we couldn't have midwives come out to teach us how to do that because it was lockdown and it was proper yeah. lockdown. That's got to be scary, right? Yeah, it was it was really scary. Really scary because we couldn't feed our child. Yeah. So then we went to uh formula and then we found out Ella had a dairy intolerance. Right. So that's not, yeah, that's not good. We weren't then able to go to the doctors to be able to get her to find out what she can have. And then we also weren't able to get the right medicine for her because we went through multiple different formulas to find the one that she's not allergic to. So as well as that being a lockdown, you only have a certain amount you can be given. So I'm now feeding my child the stuff they're allergic to for them to get by, which is just... Oh, that's horrendous. Mental. Yeah, it's mental. And then you've got all the people who are panic buying, like nappies, um, everything under the sun, baby wipes, like because all the toilet roll went out. Well, I've got a newborn baby and there's no baby wipes or nappies. Like... What, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, man. I could have given you one of those seven boxes we bought in the, in the, in the back. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been great, yeah. <laughs> I'm only joking. We don't. <laughs> that would have been we great don't. seven months ago. Thanks. 
Yeah, we've uh, we've we've started actually subscribing to toilet roll deliveries now. We uh we we have a company which drops them off twenty eight rolls a, a month and they're recycled. So uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, saves yeah. Sa- saves us going to the the shops. But yeah, it's just crazy, isn't it? And then you know we're obviously about to come out of it again, and you think is that just a mm. is that going to be another blip until we're back in it? And oh, it's just yeah, the whole the whole society at the moment is a bit broken. Um, I was saying to someone um, who runs the Italian restaurant opposite our office today, and and saying there's very little to kind of be optimistic about because you can't plan anything. You can't think, oh, well, it's all right. Next year we're going to go here because that might not happen. So at the moment, it's hard to find things to be kind of excited about. I think Christmas obviously is a big one. If you're a big fan of Christmas, obviously that is a time to be at home and at home with the family. Yeah. And you're going to have your first Christmas, which is going to be awesome. Can't wait. Uh, get get the tree up and have some time together. I I really look forward to Christmas. Before working in, in the business I'm in, I used to work in retail. So I hated Christmas, like most <laughs> retail workers do. You know, it's a very thankless time of year. You're prepping for sales. You're there till on Christmas Eve till midnight, you know. So you get one day off at Christmas or Boxing Day, not both. And um, it killed Christmas for me, I think. But since I moved into this career like 10 years ago, it's like I get those two weeks off for 10 days over Christmas and I love it. I absolutely get proper into it. Nice. That's good, man. I mean, Christmas has always been a bit odd odd for me. Like I used predominantly before I got into my job now, I used to be in bars and Mm. working like pubs and stuff. So the Christmas spirit would be there because you'd be with people who were drunk pretty much. Yeah. but yeah, re- retail work was my other other thing, and I know exactly what you mean. Sales life, like Christmas, doesn't exist. It's just a no money marketing scheme. It definitely becomes like like everyone says. Uh, um, Valentine's is it's a it's a marketing holiday. But actually, I think once you get that time back, you definitely think that that is your little time to recharge. It's your little time to have way too much alcohol. Um, you know, see the kids get really excited and all that stuff. Obviously, November, it consists of me threatening them that Santa's not going to come. <laughs> so I have, I've pretty much exhausted that already. I have an app on my phone which has a call from Santa. And I've spent about 15 quid on this app because you can actually personalize the name. So it says, hello, Daisy. Oh, and, you know, really? when, the, when the name is personalized on the app, they really believe it. <laughs> my, my sister did one for my niece where she's got like a... Um, you know, like those intruder alarm sensors in your yes. room. Yes, yeah, the elf cam, like the red, the red dot. Yes. So she said that every time the motion sensor blinks red, that means Santa's watching. Uh, and obviously, any every day, any time you're moving, it's going off. So the, my niece was yeah. good for ages. And Constantly, I was like, that's a great. She now, that's she's a great one. <laughs> She now goes to a, a psychiatrist three times a month. <laughs> someone's, watch, someone's watching me. Someone's watching me. <laughs> You've ruined her adulthood already. Yeah. But no, we have one. <laughs> we have one of those cameras. I just need to replace the batteries. Do it. Definitely <laughs> do it. Do it. But that is good. Yeah. No, so we, we're, we're looking forward. I think not this weekend. We're going to hold off until it is proper first weekend of December. So not this weekend, the following weekend. We're going to go get our tree and, and get that up. So quite excited about that. Yeah, we've got a house rule here. Christmas tree goes up after my birthday, which is funny enough this Friday. And nice. the wife has already got the tree down, ready to roll for Saturday. Yep, that's it. You've <laughs> got like, one day fine. to enjoy yourself. One day, yeah. <laughs> that's all I asked for, eh? Nice, nice. Well, you've given yourself lots of early birthday presents, obviously, in that amazing room you're in. Um, I actually looked at one of your most recent posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will obviously link to Ryan's Instagram for those who aren't following, but um, you only started this in October. I think this was probably a little bit of off the back of us getting together and, and kind of you're doing exactly what what a lot of us do is that split out your personal page and and create you know your hobby page if you like your gaming page which means you can keep it on point and on theme and you know you can just make that your thing um and it just keeps a bit of your personal life out yeah 
which yeah. I, I think a lot of us do anyway. But it's a it's a post that you posted on only two days ago. Uh, but it's when you said this is my workstation, my place of Zen and hobbies. Um, that was the first I think new setup 2.0 that you put out. We were talking about it, and the previous pictures to that are the look at all this stuff I've got to have to put up. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a really good shot. So you've got your lap, you've got two laptops. You want to explain that to people? Obviously, so, one work. <clears throat> so I, yeah, so my work have provided me a work from home laptop, um, which is the Mac, um, which has all my like uh, apparel designs on it, my snowboarding stickers and stuff like that on it on the case. Yep. My actual entire setup is based around a HP Dell uh, i5 laptop. Um, mm. It is the main center um, power station for everything I own, um, which at the moment is it's it's struggling. I'm not gonna lie, it, it's it's on its legs. Um, well, that 4K screen doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as an additional source, definitely, definitely doesn't. I mean, it's it, <laughs> it zapping some power. I'm telling you that. Um, but yeah, so I I'm predominantly a console gamer. Um, I don't. Uh, now I don't play anywhere near as much PC as I used to. I used to be a predominantly PC gamer um, with the PlayStation on the side for more of interacting with friends that I don't go out and yep. see. I play with them online, um, which is mostly Call of Duty. Um, yep. But so I'm not really going to be going down the route of a PC build. I think I'm going to be more of a console gamer. And the reason being that is because I'm a dad. Um, it's far easier yeah. to casual gaming casual gaming pick up a controller be familiar with something rather than fork out on all these peripherals like keyboards mm. and mice and mouse mats and all this stuff whereas you can just turn the tv on in my case i've gone a little bit over the top but turn the console on and bosh you're in do you know what i mean yeah yeah, no, I get that. I mean, I've, I, I think the only reason I've probably moved towards PC is because you know I can come in this room and my wife can be in the lounge watching you know her programs and only the way the only way is Essex and all those terrible TV programs that they watch. <laughs> but I do have the the new Xbox Series X in there. Now the reason I have that in there is you know is is naturally because I have the the new OLED. Yeah. So it makes perfect sense to have the Xbox in there with the the, the 120 hertz thoroughly 4K agree, OLED. Yeah. Yeah, so that has to be in there. So the Xbox for me is my very casual gaming console. If I want to go in and pick something up for an hour, half an hour, you know, chuck it on, that's the case. If I'm going to get into more of a sesh, this setup has my PS4 hidden behind my monitor. So if that's a a kind of a a single-player story-driven, you know, exclusive, something like that, I can kill a few hours in, I'll come here. But equally, the ultra-wide is good for PC because the PC games naturally do um, go to 21 by 9, Mm -hmm. whereas the consoles don't, they crop. Yeah. They crop the screens. So it's not. It's not ideal. I've got used to it on the PS4, but it's not ideal. But I found like Warzone. I was. I started off playing Warzone on uh, Xbox and PS4. Obviously, the file size was huge, and my PS4 is a, a really old one, so it filled the, the memory. That's only 250 gig, I think. That one. It's an original PS4. That's so I filled that really quickly. PS4 up. memory bank. Oh, is it? You've taken it out. Nice. Yeah. Just use that for your extra storage. Yeah. Um, but it did. It just, you know, when they were just chucking all of the files in and, you know, you were only playing the free Warzone game, and but it just filled up my PS4. So I deleted it because I needed to get things like Ghost of Tsushima, um, Last of Us 2. So I stopped playing Warzone at that point. But then, you know, I just thought, you know, I'm going to give it a go because I do like have this morbid curiosity and this morbid enjoyment of 
thinking I'm better than I am and going on those games. But a lot of it is playing with people that are fun to play with and good to play with. So we jumped on our first game the other day. Yeah, um, we had a hellacious time. Terrible, terrible, but yeah. It, it was uh, yeah, it was horrendous. But, you know, like I said, there's that morbid bit of I enjoyed every moment of it, but I wanted to do better. Yeah. Um, but it's good. It's just nice to hang out with buddies. But that's where I wish more games were cross-play because I think that has brought a lot of people together. Yeah. I think Warzone has brought a lot of gamers together that would never mix before because when I used to play with my main clan, it was Destiny, that was Xbox. Now, that's still not cross-play, it's cross-save. It's not quite the same. Mm. But I think I'd still be playing that if I was able to dance between different consoles funny enough you picked you picked out destiny so this is actually set up 3.0 right so Mm -hmm. initially i had a full streaming setup for in in that in the same house that you came in and we were developing prior to baby now i had a full gaming setup i had juice pcs everything the works yeah um and I sold that all because obviously the room I was in was then going to be the nursery. So I actually used to play predominantly on Destiny as well, uh, and that was. And then I missed out on engagement with all of my uh, IRL, like in real life friends, and that's the ones yeah. that I missed out playing PlayStation with because I was playing on the PC all the time. And that made me realise that you know maybe I do need to get rid of all of this. And then lo and behold, I bought it all again. But yeah, yeah, but <laughs> <clears throat> I'm. I'm not going to go down that PC avenue because it's such a such a black hole. It fully pulls mm-hmm. you in, and when you're in there, and it, you start just chucking out money everywhere to things, and yeah, that's why I've definitely decided to get the PlayStation, and I'm going to be putting the hopefully the 4K monitor, uh, 4K TV on the wall, and be playing off that in that room. Yeah, so I'm not going to go nice. su- not going to go super big like your OLED like 45. is fantastic. Yeah, maybe 45, maybe 43, something around there. Nice, I think that'll nice. look fine because don't forget I'm sitting 10 feet back from that one in the lounge. Exactly, I think yeah. that that looks big. Like if you if you seen Spawn Points 86 inch in his lounge. No, I dread to think well, you might as well buy a projector, right? Oh, it's huge. It's, I mean, it must be very fun to play on, but like, it's an everyday TV. The 55, I mean, 55 by modern standards is not a big TV anymore. Mm. But I went from a 50 uh, 1080p to um, the 4K 55. And even those five inches, that TV looks massive, but it's not a big lounge. But I think if you're using it as a monitor, 45 is going to be redonkulous. Yeah, that's going to look way really, too big. really big. If you could get a 32. 4K OLED, that would be more than enough. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I think it would be perfect, but I don't think they go that small. Because I play a lot of competitive battle royales we've been playing, right? And Mm. my recent question I had with a couple of friends was, you're going to get your PS5? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, you're going to get a monitor or a TV? And they're like, why? And I was like, well, the TV is going to have the really low response time if you're playing a competitive shooter, whereas the monitor doesn't but it's going to cost you 1500 quid and up for a decent, really decent 4K mm. monitor. And they were like, I didn't even know this problem existed. And I yeah, was like... That's the problem new gens brought you, really, is it's mm. kind of... Up to now, I've made do with my old telly. And, it, you know, to be fair, it looked fine. It, it's, it's not backlit enough, so when it's daylight, you get loads of reflection, you have to ch- close the curtains. That's what I've really enjoyed with the OLED, is I don't need to shut the curtains anymore. I can actually see the TV. Um, but yeah, that, that push to the new gen consoles has actually brought up that dilemma that people haven't had to worry about up to now. 2.1 HDMI obviously is only on probably, you know, 2019 models and onwards TVs. 
Yeah, and which even then probably they need to be quite top end. Yeah, which are going to cost you. Well, let's 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 reference that OLED Nano uh, technology LG that they just brought out with the one millisecond response time. Right? Well, that's what I've got. <clears throat> that's what I've got. The fifty-five yeah. that was a thousand and ninety-nine pounds. Yeah. Now I didn't I didn't pay that cash because I traded in my kidney, a uh, couple of <laughs> couple of lungs. I got rid of my Xbox Scorpio. I got rid of two phones. I got rid of loads of games. You know, I ended up having to pay 200 quid. Yeah, but that thing now is going to do you for a good long time. Yeah, and I, and I think I was ready for Although, it, like Carly said, you know, you're not going to get a new TV until that one breaks. But in reality, TVs don't really break anymore. So that that's basically was a never-ending thing. But... My one of my biggest um one of my biggest flaws is when I do get something in my head, and I think you're probably a little bit like this given what you've just done in the last yeah, month. Yeah. Once you get something in your head, you have to push through with it and you find ways to make it happen. Even if that's like ducking and diving, wheeling and dealing, selling, upgrading. It's funny that, you know, you can say that you don't have the money for something until you really, really want something and you can make it happen somehow and mm. do a couple of side jobs and whatever and you find that money. If I was like that with everything, I'd probably have a bigger house and probably a newer car. But, you know, when it comes to gaming, I've somehow managed to find that focus of, right, I just need 350 quid for that. And I can I can, I can can generally try and wangle it out the bag somehow. Yeah. So PS5 is the next one for me. I mean, PS, I, I had saved a lot of money, majority of the year for the PS5. And then I found, mm. and then I, it's not that I found, sorry, I had a hard discussion with myself and a couple of friends. I was like, how, how reliable was your PS4 on release? And they were like, yeah, probably, I probably had a couple of issues. And then one of my mates turns around and says, the whole entire front of my PS4 does not exist where I've had to rip it off because it just randomly really? ejects buttons. And I was like, yeah, probably going to wait until phase two of the PS5 just in case. Mm. Um, but now there's no chance of getting like phase one. Just sold out. No, that's right. No, that's exactly right. I mean, I um, I, I wasn't a big, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't a big fan of the design. I was always team Xbox when it came to the design. And having seen the Xbox, I still think at the moment I'm like that. But having seen more PS5s in real people's hands as opposed to a promotional video mm. uh, and kind of, you know, leaked pictures and stuff where it looked very plasticky, the more I see of it, the more I, I look and I think that actually it looks quite premium build and, and you know, the kind of the, the detail when you go really close and it's got the Xbox, icon, uh, sorry, the PS4, uh, the PS4 icons or the PlayStation icons. It looks actually now really nice. And I love the fact that so many people have said, like um, Tyler, um, obviously from my last podcast, he's just sprayed his red. Oh, has he actually um, done it? Yeah. So he's done it. Yeah. He's actually just put his YouTube video out there. So um, yeah, everyone who's listening, go check that out. But he's, he's got this special, he sent me the link. I'll send you the link as well, but it's a special spray that's like a rubberized paint and it peels off. So it's not a permanent oh, thing. Nice. Yeah. So it's basically, I think it is like a primer and a, a spray. Um, I'm not sure where you'd buy it in the UK. Obviously he's um, in the U S but he sent me the picture of it. I'll send it to you later. And it basically it's a reversible spray. So that nice red, you can just peel it off and it's almost like getting a protective wrap. Cause I know they had that company that was making uh, interchangeable face plates for the PlayStation five yeah. and Sony just shut them down immediately. Yeah. And I was like, does that mean yeah. maybe Sony are going to be doing that? Like limited edition faceplates? Well, I know you can get wraps. I've been looking because the Xbox is so easy to customize because it's a cube. Um, if you go online, there's hundreds of designs and a lot of them, are, I, I kind of like it first glance, then think I'll get bored of that really quickly. It needs to really strike me because I've always wrapped my consoles. When I had uh, my original Xbox, I wrapped it in a Titanfall theme uh-huh. and that, that's still on there. The kids have that now. Um, and then when I had my Scorpio, I went to D brand. I don't know if you've ever seen D brand online. Um, 
and I went for this black and orange theme. So I did my Switch, my Xbox, and um, what else did I do? Oh, my iPad. I did them all in this kind of like nice um, honeycomb black design with orange kind of inlays and, yeah. and accents. And it looked really good, but it was like 80 quid to do the three. It was really expensive. But the way I look at it is when I come to sell it, they're pristine. Yeah. So Underneath. my, my so French spray is orange, and I think it looks horrendous. But, you know. Really? Sorry, Jimmy, if you're hearing this on the podcast. <laughs> or, if you're subscribed to the podcast, that's a break, breaking news from your friend there. Your console sucks. <laughs> the console itself is fantastic. I wish I wish your that consoles job. were a little bit more customizable, you know, like the RGB lighting. How cool would it be to have the the color of when you turn it on to be different and customizable, like the face paints? You know, like, like Scuff, okay? You know, I got a competitive controller. Yeah. And mine's fully customizable. Why they is missed it, the trick. Yeah, why isn't that a basic feature? Why why is that? Yeah, and RGB is such a cheap thing, you know. Oh, and man, you know, obviously so we're good. all big fans of RGB, hence why we've got the community that we love. But you know, RGB for me is a very cheap, quick win because that's the first thing we say with a lot of setups is how do you make it? You know, a very modest setup look good. You chuck in some cheap RGB strips. Yeah, it's the first thing you do to make a setup look better, better than it is. Is you light it up. Um, so I think they did miss a trick there. They could have gone down the way of like ROG where a light came out the back and had ambient lighting or something like that. You could turn it on or off. Yeah, how great but, would that be? You know, they could have like... had a light all the way down the back, which, you know, if you had your, t- your PS5 on a, on a, de- on a uh, like a TV alcove unit or something, it could have then backlit the wall. So, or even if it's wall know, mounted of... by like the hidden wall mount that's now being released, you know, like by hide yeah. it. Like, hide it, yeah. Boom. RGB little backlit on that bang it, it just instantly becomes a focus point like imagine that in yeah. your background if you had like an Xbox the new Xbox the new PlayStation 5 lit up with your RGB glow on it would just be such be a sick. great talking point well that's where the top of the Xbox was disappointing because so many people in the, the first kind of looks of that online thought that green coming out the top was a light mm. And then the more and more kind of real pictures that came out, a just trick on that massively, right? You know? Massively, that should have been a light, and then it should have like pointed up towards the ceiling, or you know, the logo should have come out and pointed on the ceiling. Something like that would have been really, really cool. And that, I think that would have been a that would have been a quick win. It's not um, even that I, difficult, I, is it? Little light bulb. No. Done. Yeah, no, I agree. They should have they should have maybe partnered up, or they might in the future partner up. They should partner up and do a, a themed version, whether it's with like an ambi light or something. That would be really cool. Yeah, because um, then you could have connected it maybe with your other devices in the room, so all the you know all the lights are controlled. You had a Philips Hue system, and then the Philips Hue Xbox edition or something. I know brands don't like to collab that much, but that that would have just been cool. Bit of creativity. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree on that. Missing a trick on a couple of things. Accessorize your investment you know what i mean your console like. yeah they weren't quite safe i think i think the thing with xbox is it's very nice design because it is simple and that appeals to people who like simplicity but it was very safe yeah the, con- the controller is very safe there's not really a lot that's changed on the controller i have to say i, I think, think i prefer the-, the xbox over the playstation look wise yeah no i i do i think it fits in i think um spawn point chris um said on his youtube channel because he's probably team ps ps uh historically but he does have xbox but he's more kind of on the playstation mm. side but even he said that probably the xbox will fit into more living rooms and and fit in and look nicer in more living rooms than the ps5 which you can't really miss well, the ps5 is an aircraft carrier isn't it really it's massive it's yeah it's massive and and i think it's one that is it, you know it's like your second child who's not as pretty as the first you grow to love it um so <laughs> well, that actually brings me another point like i know a lot of people who have the xbox and the playstation and they find themselves playing the PlayStation more. And I'm like, why is That's that? That's got to be games, though. Yeah. It's got to be I games. Like, why is that? And they were like, well, it's because of the, the games. 
And I was like, is there any specific? And they're like, yeah, Demon Souls is ridiculously gorgeous. Mm. And I was like, what has the Xbox got to compete with that? Well, it's got nothing, is it? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I'm I'm not going to stand here and... St- I'm a big Xbox fan. I've always been probably more Xbox than PS4, although the last two years I, there's been more to play. But Xbox have definitely, definitely let themselves down on this launch by just bringing out hardware and no game to play. Nothing to show it off. Mm. You know, you'd always bring a game. I remember when I got my first Xbox, the really big one with a big X on it and the controller that couldn't fit in your hand. Um, and I remember when uh, Halo came out on that. Um, and I, I, you know, you get these certain memories in gaming that you kind of look back really fondly on. My mate Ryan, um, who um, is one of my, my local gaming buddies too, but he's not on Instagram or anything like that. But we talk to this day about the first time we loaded up Halo and the music was kicking in with the kind of operatic kind of theme tune. And we remember running across this green field and looking down and seeing these individual blades of grass. Now, I've played this game since then on Game Pass. I went back and thought, I'm going to reminisce. I'm going to go back. And it looks gash. It looks awful. <laughs> like the blades of grass are quite clearly painted on, yeah. right? But at the time, it was like revolutionary. We like looked down on this camera and rather than it being just m- this murky green, it was like... You could see blades of grass. And, you know, it, that was the, kind of the memory of that original Xbox. Probably when the next Xbox came out, there was probably other games. Probably Destiny was one of those where you got it and thought, wow, this looks incredible yeah. and stuff like that. But this one is the most powerful one yet, and yet there is nothing that flexes its muscles. I think I think day. something's coming for it because I know Microsoft just bought out uh, the Elder Scrolls franchise. Yes. And I think I would be gobsmacked if they did not make that an exclusive for Xbox. Mm. If they don't... I think they need something. I mean, I remember you saying this the other day regarding uh, Gears. It's just the same game over and over. Yeah. And I've, funny enough, uh, I've had this conversation about another massive title that's just been recently dropped and um, I'm talking about Assassin's Creed and I just don't think that Mm. is an Assassin's Creed game anymore. Like... As you can tell visually, I am a Viking. <laughs> yes, yeah, we have matching beards. The the whole aspect of having a assassin Viking literally does not fit in any way, sense of form. And I, I'm going on a bit of a rant here because I've been having this rant quite a Let's lot. Let's do in it. Let's do it. This is a rant. This is a rant <laughs> podcast. Had this uh, this question come up to me a lot of times, but I've got another thing that came up in a stream uh, that you might be interested about is. What do I think of Valhalla? I love the concept if it was called Valhalla the game. If it was yeah. not being cash-cowed off of the back of a, a fantastic set, a series of games, Assassin's Creed, yeah, then it's fine. But because it has, I kind of hate it. And I, yeah. being someone who loves the lore, I mean, I've got Viking tattoos on me, you know? Like, yeah. it's, I think they should have, that shouldn't have happened. But some developers. It doesn't, I, I don't mean, like. the thing is, I, I haven't loved an Assassin's Creed as much as going back to the Renaissance era. I think it was Altair and Ezio Aldatore. I think those those that era going around Rome and all of those places, it just worked really well. I loved the connection with Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, Da Vinci uh, and all of those. And and I really love those. I even bought a book. I bought an Assassin's Creed book and went to we went to Turkey and I read it and it was brilliant. It was great and the ending was fantastic. And I think every game after that, as they were trying to like shoehorn it into another culture, I think it kind of lost its way a bit. Yeah, I think the turning point for me was uh, and this isn't a spoiler because this has been out for ages now. Uh, when mm. Desmond dies, that storyline mm. should have just stopped. 
And what yeah. they've done is they realized that they've got the power. And when Black Flag was released, they had this new method of traveling large mm. open expanses via boat. And it was fantastic. They should not have continued the line. They should have ended at Assassin's Creed then and created games like, I don't know, Odyssey, which is its own game, Origins, which is its own game, you know, Valhalla, which is its own game. But because they've pulled in some aspects of Assassin's Creed, <laughs> which you're now a Viking berserker, a.k.a. and an assassin, which a berserker and assassin literally are worlds apart. Opposite, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't really make sense to me anymore. No, I get that. I totally get that. So what you really want is what I'm watching at the moment. You want Vikings on like a Skyrim sort of world. I mean, where... I'm happy with Skyrim, man. I think that's bang on what I want. Like, yeah, that's, Skyrim is good. That's what I good. want. If you had, if if they had an MMO like Skyrim, that would be my jam. I'd like to see Skyrim with next-gen graphics because it was always... It's not an unattractive game, but it was showing probably signs that it was a bit clunky and a bit, you know... I would like to see Skyrim multiplayer. I'd like to see that remastered. Yeah? Co-op multiplayer Skyrim. Boom. That would be great fun. Done. Massive map. Yeah. Unreal. Just go around sacking villages. Yeah, just be a redonkulous amount of fun. But going back yeah, to no, something you said the I'd other day regarding like reminiscing of um, games and stuff, I got asked this, funny enough, in a stream, um, I think it was yesterday, in fact, mm. like, what was the biggest gaming moment that happened to you uh, that you remember so vividly? And I was like, my biggest gaming moment was when I put Red Fraction in on the PS1 and I turned yes. it on and I couldn't open a door. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to shoot the wall. And the wall blew up. And I managed to make a hole through the wall and go around the door. I, I remember like, that game really well. That pushed that pushed things on quite far. And yet no one took it up after that. that. Unbelievable. Like the game was miles beyond, beyond where it was. It looked, yeah. ho- like I played it again the other day and it looked horrendous. It's horrendous. It I bet just, it does. I bet it, it has an H. It was triangles and everywhere, right? And I was just yeah. like, the concept of this game you are on a Mars mining, like mining, I don't know, what did you call it? Like rig or something. Rig or something like And It's like total recall the game. The whole point of mining is to be able to blow up walls and go through yeah. the, the terrain, and you can. And I was like, this looks like Quake, but I can blow up a wall. Like, yeah. how was that? I remember that very, very vividly. I, that's, a, that's a game that stands out when my friends talk about games where it, they, they kind of push the envelope and then it's shut quickly afterwards because I remember having a similar thought with I I fell out another game franchise that I fell out of love with quite late on because they just flogged a dead horse in my opinion but Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear Solid on the PS uh, PS1 I think it was or was it PS2 when the first one came out I can't remember I think it was PS2 maybe Um, you had obviously Solid Snake the first one the second one was on the container ship Mm-hmm. And you started off in this container ship, and you had the weather effects, and the rain was coming down, and we—I was blown away by the graphics. Then you'd get in the ship, and you shoot a steam pipe, and it would come across, oh, and yeah, it would yeah, yeah. take out the guard. Then you could like spray a mirror, and it would show you a message. Um, and then we all know the famous one where you look to the back of a case, and it would have the code on the back of the actual physical case. Yeah, like genius moment. Um, but also you could shoot and break TVs and there was magazine racks and you could shoot the magazines and they would all go off into bits um, and stuff yeah. like that. And and I remember that really well thinking, this is next gen. 
destructible environments, interactive environments. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of, a lot of games have gone backwards and gone to these kind of really flat, they look beautiful, but they're very painted, non-interactive. And like you say, if you want to blow something up or, you know, break another way into a, something or pick something up in the room and use it, you want to be able to do it. And you think like modern consoles, you would be able to do that. Yeah. I think I think there's such a demand for more and more and more, but like more graph what i mean by that is graphically uh, yeah. rather than content and i think some developers should just sit back and be like do you know what that would be cool if i could just blow up that wall or yeah you know what i'm pissed off because i can't kill this boss i'm just going to shoot it or shoot this thing and it does something completely different you know like yeah. do you remember playing metal gear solid one where you had your memory card in slot one Psychomantis yes. could read what you're doing. Couldn't read your what mind because you put it in slot two. How the hell did they even program that? And like, why can't they do something like that now? Like, I remember so creative, unbelievably creative. Like, on another level of like, how, what? Like, I wouldn't have never thought of taking a memory card out and putting it in. And do you know what the best thing about that time was? Is you didn't have the internet to tell you how to beat it. You had to figure it out yourself. That was great. or your mate told you because yeah. they'd done it. They'd done it first. But no, I, I definitely agree with that. It wasn't online. I think you know we were still playing largely these kind of single player experiences. Um, I, I remember another console I'm really fond of was the Dreamcast. I've spoke about this with Tyler on the previous one, and he was a big fan of the Dreamcast as well because I think that was one that was pushing envelopes. It had Shenmue, which again was a very good game in terms of it was very interactive and it had those quick reaction kind of scenarios we had press a button and it's become quite commonplace now but at the time it was quite it was quite different and um that that was a game where you actually lived a life and you went to bed and you went home you got up you went to work and drove your forklift and you know it sounds terrible but actually it was really entertaining and you know you get these bullies at work and it would cause a fight and it was just really really good and um then you had fantasy star online and things like that where it was the first online game i probably played and you had a keyboard and you had all these like tamagotchi things that came with the controllers and stuff and it's like all those little fun peripherals that were kind of being done at that time have yeah. kind of all gone away all that and it's become a bit serious gone, yeah it's all a bit serious and maybe a bit commercial but you know maybe that's just because the people at the top are just pushing to get these releases out so they can get their you know their their quick return I don't know. unfortunately i think gaming has turned into more of a rather an enjoyment of a game about how much money we can make off this platform off this release and i think that's quite sad personally it's- i think it is do you reckon the designers who've got all the ability and all the ideas, but they get hemmed into having to basically stick A to B and they probably could do so much more, but they're not allowed to? I think it's more the big... I don't know if it's the... Deve- See, when I hear the word developer, I think of the actual individual rather than yeah. the department. So say like, I look at Cyberpunk right now, right? CD Projekt Red. They... Yeah. Uh, been hounding right now their devs to finish that game yes um i feel like i've already completed the game and played it and experienced everything already um <laughs> it's got a lot to live up to ex- i tell you what this could be a make or break situation for that that developer team but look yeah. at their previous work like the witcher was fantastic it was a very yeah. hard game to get into initially but if you stuck it out it was worth the worth the risk and worth the yes. reward the, the thing with cyberpunk is because for me personally the retro uh you know ghost of <clears throat> uh, ghost in a shell kind of like oh, shell, yep. cyber japan kind of vibe is is my is my jam like that is my thing i love that and i'm about yep. to play a game that is that 
and if it's done badly, I'm going to hate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying to stay open-minded to it because I think it's built itself up to have a catastrophic failure. Um, I really hope it doesn't. It's like playing Watch Dogs. It's a, it's a good game, but there is really very little. I've played it now for about ten hours, fifteen hours, and there is nothing that I could say to someone you should buy this game because it has this or it's like yeah. that. It's fun. It's pick up, put it down. It's popcorn. You drive car. It's basically GTA in London again. Who's you drive around? Got some cool again? abilities. It's what Ubisoft, isn't it? Uh, yes, I think I think it is. Yeah, no, I think it is. Um, mm. And it's a good fun game, but it's like meh. You know, yeah, take it, take it or leave it. It's, it's quite fun, but it's not, it's not a game breaker. And I think we're all building this up to be like, this has got to be really good. Yeah, I think that's what the current climate is: is hype. Hype training, and I think the the thing that caused uh, the hype, the hype generation was No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of the games that had Terrible. such incredible potential, and it just didn't have anything. And the hype on that was unreal, and it just it was massive. Absolute... It was very similar to Destiny in a lot of ways. Yeah, because I think I wasn't uh, I wasn't an alpha Destiny player. Um, I don't even think I was a beta Destiny player. I think I jumped in at launch. So there was already people that jumped in before. And they said when that first came on the alpha beta, it was terrible. There was not really a lot going on. But I think they'd, they'd changed one of their writers at the last minute and they had all that stuff going on. But I think, yeah, No Man's Sky was like 10 times worse than that. Yeah, that was... And the other one I didn't like was Sea of Thieves was one that was like that. I think at the time that came out, I bought it, paid full price. My, my friend famously bought it and demanded a refund, and they actually refunded him um, his digital purchase of it because they, they he was just it was just not even a game. You know, you just got in a ship and just felt like you were just going off into nowhere. There was no end game. I think there's such a and demand for people to push out to make money ASAP mm-hmm. rather than think of the uh, consumer enjoyment. Yeah, I think I think that's. That's a big problem for this this uh, industry. Is it's not about making money. It's about your enjoyment as a consumer. At the end, this is the end product, right? Like I'm sick to death of buying DLC for stuff. Yeah, and like I do like uh, CD Projekt Red's uh, yeah. ethos on the fact that when they release a game, it's released and there's nothing yeah. more. But you're telling me that they're not going to release DLC for Cyberpunk? Yeah, of course come it on. will. I mean, it's 100%. the same as um, Ghost of Tsushima. I played that game and I platinumed it. It's the first platinum I've done in ages, just purely from a time perspective. But played that, finished it, and I felt satisfied. Mm-hmm. That's a rare feeling. I finished it, I put it down, and I said to my mates, that was a great... If I didn't play that game ever again, I got my 50 quid's worth. I was really happy with that. And that's getting rarer. Yeah. The last game I felt like that is when I played Doom 2016 release. Mm. which was fantastic for me which is everything I want in a first person shooter heavy metal violent game yeah. that's perfect but yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's that, that satisfaction is, is is rare these days personally but I think that's the problem when the game's hyped <clears throat> because if a game isn't hyped and it comes out and it's kind of like a bit mediocre you think well you know I, I gave it a punt I didn't really you know lose lose anything by trying but it's when they hype it and get your expectation to 10 and it turns out it's a 6 you kind of resent them for it, don't you? Because you think, well, yeah, because you just dropped teams. sixty pounds on a limited game. Now, like, what's a PS? What's an Xbox brand new game released these days? Sixty nine ninety nine, I think. New price points, aren't they? <laughs> Crazy! It's absolutely ridiculous. I remember the day when 
this is going back going back sub now i used to buy a five pound playstation magazine and i used to mm-hmm. get a demo disc on it of all the i used to love the demo games, discs right i used to have a binder of like a box of all the demos for that year i used to play them all and then be like this game was actually really great but you could get demos on a disc for five pounds of a game and play it and be like do you know what this is actually pretty good this is actually. A- I remember. I think. I think one of the Fifas was on one. I think it was like a really old one, it was like World Cup '98 or something like that. Mm. It was a really one. It was like early Zidane or something. And I remember that we used to rinse that, and it would have a, a, a kind of a maximum play time. We could only play one game, but you play that game over and over and over and over. It was great fun. I used to love getting those magazines. Yeah, I mean the world's it's not the same anymore. Now nah, that the, the world of reviews is completely disappeared, pretty much. I mean, I used to be a writer for game reviews um for a, a online community and then play magazine and i used to get games sent to me all the time and the last game i got sent to me was assassin's creed syndicate which yeah. i slated because i hated it um which actually was actually a kind of an assassin game funny enough um was that the that's that the wasn't London one based one. in in yeah. oh no it was the one in america in uh, the civil war that i hated oh yeah that was that's horrendous. where it, yeah that, that, that was horrendous they changed the control structure and it was just really bad. Yeah. Yeah. This is that, uh, Syn- I think Syndicate, sorry, was the one where they introduced two um, characters, the male and female. Mm. That's when they were testing that out, which, funny enough, is now in Valhalla. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> away from that subject, man. Um, so, yeah, when I was doing <laughs> the reviews and gaming there, like live streaming now has become more of do I want to play that game or not? Do I want to invest £60 into this game? or not i'll watch xyz play 15 hours of it or whatever and oh okay i've seen mm-hmm. half the game there's no point in me buying it now yeah and the, it's kind of weird perspective from a person who enjoys and loves technology for it to also be a hindrance at the same time like it's very yeah. rare to say that but yeah, gaming has developed massively now and the access of the internet has changed everything well, it makes more money than Hollywood, I think I read the other day. It's, it's such a big business. I'm not and when surprised, it becomes yeah. a really big business, you get people who don't know anything about gaming getting involved in it, and that's where the problem probably comes in. Um, you know, as these big faceless corporations that just look at the bottom line and think, you know, you need to get that by third quarter, whether it's ready or not. We'll chuck in some DLC. The kids won't care. Reminds me that it reminds me of the film Elf, where he gets out the book that's missing six pages. He's like, "They're just kids. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. You know, they're not gonna care what happens to a, pu- a, a puppy and a whatever." <laughs> and, he, and he, you know, sends it out, and then he, he obviously it comes unstuck. But you know, it probably is a very similar metaphor for gaming. They're probably like, "They're not gonna know. It's just get it out. Give them a game that will keep them satisfied for a month until we can get it properly finished, and then we'll just load out a DLC later." Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I, I'm I'm one of the streamers. Uh, I'd like to I like to kind of pride myself on this. When I play a story mode, I will stop and look at an environment because I know mm-hmm. Jeff from Poland has been working on this for the last year and a half on the mist coming off the top of this tree or something. And I'd be like, that, yeah, looks, yeah, that yeah. looks good. But like 90% of people would just be like running straight through that thing. I think photo well, that's, mode that's is amazing. Very accurate point on that is ray tracing on the Xbox. Now, I'm going to hold my hand up here and say I was very naive to actually what ray tracing was um, until I watched a YouTube video uh, about the Xbox Series X, and I went back in to Watch Dogs, and it was it was it was a very it was a really good uh, video that I watched. I can't remember what what YouTube it was. It was a completely random find when I was looking through the Xbox things. It might have been uh, when I was watching Chris's. It just went into someone else's one, 
but he was kind of explaining that seeing these reflections in this puddle on the road, you know, in the old consoles that you wouldn't have seen it because if it's not something on the screen, you shouldn't be able to see it. Yeah. So it would just be a fixed reflection or something. And like you said, normally I would have just driven down this road and not thought two things of it. Stopped, got out the car, looked in this puddle, looked down. I could see the reflections of this tree that was out of view and then looked up in the trees there. And then it blew my mind. And ever since then... I just can't stop looking at these reflections in windows and stuff yeah. and like turning around. You see people walking past and they're actually there. So reflections is incredible because mo- most people don't realise that your field of view is only rendered in in games and behind mm. you there's yeah. nothing. Like yeah. most people think that behind them is the actual thing and it only yeah. works when your camera pan pass- pans in. Like yeah. that's your field of view. I'm actually doing the, the uh, like the action. The gest- I'm loving the it. Gestures People here. can't see it, but I'm loving it. <laughs> but yeah, like they don't realize that there's nothing behind you, and it renders in. And that's but to to see a reflection of something that's behind you in your character is completely mind blowing in in a sense it, of coding and development. It's unreal and. Most people will be in a car, example, in Watchdogs, and drive straight through the puddle and won't look at it. But someone who no. understands the industry and the time it takes would look at that and be like, actually, that's incredible. That's actually yeah. mind-blowingly detailed. And the fact it's on and a it console. And it did blow my mind. Yeah. And getting on a on a big OLED TV, it was just like, wow. You know, it just mm. looks, looks incredible. But going to to that game in particular i think there is a certain uh, a certain amount of destruction like obviously driving a car you can knock over lampposts and stuff but there's still like it's not that red faction sort of destruction um you want it somewhere in the middle maybe not you can blow up every single building and blow up big ben but battlefield for me is the perfect perfect balance between destructible and not it's the only first person shooter that i know currently still has destroyable buildings in yeah which, and that would be good because that that immerses you into the fantasy of, you know, I'm a pretty bad guy. I can blow up London if I want to. Yeah, exactly. But I I guess it would just muck up their you know their storyline too much if you blow up Big Ben in the first kind of you know first time you get a rocket launcher you just exactly. destroy half the game off the map. But um you know I think there there is definitely room for that in some more games that sort of destructible environments and and interactive environments the clever interactive environments like we said Metal Gear Solid spraying the window with uh, with a uh, mist or something and then there's a message on there stuff like that it's, I don't think it's particularly difficult to do but maybe people just rush through the game and think actually I could just put in this little Easter egg that is just like so satisfying for the person playing yeah. it, especially if they find it accidentally is, you know, that's, that's someone's obviously gone in and actually thought about this from a very kind of immersive point of view. And that's really enjoyable. And you remember those moments, you remember, you know, that we've all had those moments through consoles that you remember those little things that probably someone did that went the extra mile, but it made that game stand out from, 20 others yeah like easter egg to me is is more of a gift you know that's mm. that's someone's put some hard work into some game and um they didn't need to they didn't need to but they did and i'm just so in nearly every case i'm like thank you for understanding that us uh, my, the us as in my type of gamer exists i'm just i'm yeah. not a thrash it and just smash through it i like to sit back sit back and look and be like wow that's incredible you know like Mm. this is an environment i'm in this is mental i think with with gaming in particular i mean obviously there's young gamers and and gamers probably potentially listening to this who are like 16 17 18 and stuff but 
I think I would say our generation, maybe even just slightly before our generation with the original gamers, we've kind of moved through gaming. Probably our expectations, because we've seen games that look awful now. And I said this to one of my friends today when I heard on, I heard, I think it was on TikTok, there's a comment of like, you know, if you're if you're old, listen to this. If you were born like in the late late two thousands, and I was like, whoa, you know, I'm a seventy nine child. I'm like now it's setting in that I'm really old. But you know, we we're old enough to remember the time before consoles, mm. or the time before the the, the what I would say after Dreamcast. You know, when people say, oh, my first console was a PS one. I'm like, oh, okay, there was a lot of consoles before that. You know, the whole Sega generation, Nintendo family systems, and all of that. Yeah, we've seen them come a very very long way. Like the technology now is is limited. Do you see what I, and I'm how I mean that is Sega Mega Drive to PS2 is ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> PS2 to PS4, it's just polished, really. If you think yeah. about it, like the online aspect, yeah. PS4 to PS5, I mean, not much at all, really. I mean, they're cross play, no. so but. Yeah. Did you watch that show on Netflix? The one about you know the 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 history of gaming console where they came for the different cons. Uh, yeah, I think it was. I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was. It started. I think I jumped in and they were talking about when it made the jump from eight bit to sixteen bit. I think it was Sega that brought it out sixteen bit mm. when Sonic came out. And I remember when Sonic came out. I was in South Africa at the time. I was living over there, and that was when it jumped graphics wise by a ton. Um, and it went from these kind of really basic consoles to the 16-bit and a, and a disc, and then the Sega Mega Drive came out, and that was like, whoa, no cartridge. It's got a disc. Yeah, my first console was the Mega Drive. Um, so I went from... Actually, no, my first console wasn't the Mega Drive. My first console was the big Nintendo with the massive cartridge. The big cartridge down, yeah. Duck Hunt, that era. Yeah, and then I think I was really young when I got that, and then, like, properly young... And then my first actual console I really remember was the Mega Drive. And then from yeah. that, I went to PS1, which was unbelievably different. Like, the, the gap between that was mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, from playing Tomby King to <laughs> Red Fraction was absolutely like, whoa. It was mind-blowing. Yeah, it was That's like the Halo moment I had when we first went into that game. It just looked mind-blowing. It looks crap now. Yeah. But it looked so good at the time. Yeah, I mean, I missed so, uh, I missed out all on N sixty four and everything. Like I, yeah, I just knew people who I went and played that with. I didn't, I didn't have the luxurious ability to be able to buy that. And I think I that. was the same. I think I think I was in South Africa. I don't think it was readily available over there. And I missed that whole GoldenEye, you know, that kind of legendary GoldenEye game. I played it, but I didn't play it at the time. I didn't own it. I didn't own the console, so I kind of I never really grinded it and got that experience. But for me, it was a Dreamcast. Probably was that console mm. for me where I got it, and it was just that kind of it's just a smart console. It, it looked good. The ecosystem was fun. They had the weird controllers you could plug stuff into, and it was just that was like maybe that kind of Nintendo Sega generation kind of dying out a little bit, and it becoming that more kind of console yeah, that goes in everyone's I think the PS2 home. came out pretty recently after the. Dreamcast, it didn't did. it? Yeah, and it, yeah. And there I wasn't think, a lot of difference in terms of graphics and power no, between the two. I think it was the availability of the PlayStation that 
correct me if I'm wrong, like killed off the Dreamcast pretty much. Wasn't Dreamcast mini disc as well or something like that? It was, and I think I think there was also I think someone said this in Discord that I think it was to do with piracy as well. I think the it was easily copied or something right. the the discs for Dreamcast, and I think there was the whole piracy issue, and it just kind of. It died. I think the investment dried up, and therefore, you know, there was no games being brought out, and it kind of that was the coffin nail. But you know, Crazy Taxi, Jet Set Radio, um, uh, Fantasy Star Online—they're all great games. You know, you could hook up your keyboard, like keyboard and mouse. You could do all of that with it. And it was way ahead of its time, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, look at the Xbox now. You can do it. that with the Xbox, can't you? You can plug your keyboard yeah. and mouse in. Mm. So yeah, it's it's moved on a lot. I mean, I, I'm I'm quite excited for next year. I think I think. Normally, I wouldn't accept a, game, a console coming out with, with with without a game, but you know what? It's been a weird year already. I, I think it's fitted quite nicely into this year. I think twenty twenty has had a massive effect, a massive impact on the gaming industry. Like, yeah, the PS five was. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure everything was due to be released this summer. Like, not not at the end yeah. of the year. And no. I think next year yeah, there's probably been a knock-on effect to games and developers and all sorts so although like um cyberpunk has become really a next-gen release i mean so, i'm not going to be playing it until i get a playstation 5 that's for sure yeah yeah i'm i'm watching the stock levels basically so i think i read today that all retailers again will have one more wave this year and again it will be carnage i'm sure and there'll be scalpers getting most of them but if i if i'm if i'm able to i'm gonna go digital edition i've decided with the ps5 um, so I don't get the fat lump on the side. But I'm, I'm going to go disc. digital on that. Are you? Yeah. I've got obviously I've got the Xbox for disc, and I, I, part of me would would like to go disc because you've got the potential resale value. If the game is not very good, you can just trade it and get twenty quid for it. I've always believed in that, but I think having two physical editions, maybe the PS5 is a compromise that. I'll go for that one. But if it was your only next-gen console, of course, yeah, I'd go this. Yeah, and for me as a console streamer, like the disc option is just far better value for money mm. in the long run. It may cost me an extra £100 to buy it, but I'm not going to be spending full whack every time I go on a PlayStation store, which is just ridiculous in itself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with the Xbox, in, in some ways, it's actually probably it should have been the other way around because Game Pass is so good mm. and so accessible and there's so many titles on there. That would probably be the digital one. But That I is just the future, like, by the way. Game Pass is the future. Yeah, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. I think I've got Game Pass Ultimate, so I've got it on PC and Xbox, mm. and I just jump between the two seamlessly. Although I have been trying to download Flight Simulator for what feels like three weeks. It's a massive, <laughs> massive beast. And every time I go to download it, it says like seventy-five hours. I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna press stop. <laughs> it's such a big one to get get onto my PC. I'm not even gonna bother. Oh my life. I mean, if you try downloading so, Call of Duty Warzone on your PlayStation, geez. well, since they've taken the packages off, actually, it's achievable because before it was like 196 gig, and I think it's like down to 80. I think for Warzone, when I redownloaded it, so although it's still big, it's far better than it was a few few months ago. <clears throat> so quite luckily, right, with my I um, I have a two terabyte like Seagate hard drive in my PlayStation, which I bought about two years ago on Black Friday, uh, because yep. this one was my 500 gig that came with it it was just wasn't enabling me to have more than one game or one more than one option but then my two terabyte got corrupted and i don't know why and i just for the, i was trying to play apex legends with a few friends on pc because that's now crossplay yeah. and yeah. i was like you can't play it because you have no space and i was like i've only got one game on it and i was like oh yeah it's call of duty warzone it's over 200 gigabytes so I was like, okay, I'm going to just try the two terabyte. And luckily it worked because 
damn. But still, the PlayStation Five memory is really low. Really, really eight hundred and fifty is it? Ridiculous. After nothing, you know, it's not a lot by modern comparison. I mean, I, I think on this gen, two terabytes should have been the bare minimum. Mi- minimum, minimum, yeah, bare minimum for that. You know, and I, <clears throat> the, I mean, have you seen the cost of the Xbox expansion things that go in the back? No, I dread to think. Like two, it's like two. I think when we, I saw an unbox therapy, they were like two hundred and fifty quid <laughs> for memory. 250 quid in a console that's already cost you, you know, 450 quid or whatever. And the, big, the biggest thing is, this bonkers. is a new technology as well. Everyone who plays PC gaming has been running at 60 frames per second for years, yeah. you know. This is just console. And that's that's one of the biggest gripes I'm having is the fact that I'm paying for old tech, but yeah, it's now in a console. Like, I guess the, the yeah the tricky thing is like my my PC I wouldn't even say is you know it, it looks nice but it's not spec'd high but I've spent nearly two grand on it mm. and it's still not spec'd high you yeah. know it's still medium spec so I think that's where when I when I chat to my friends stuff when I look at what I spent on the Xbox and I spent on the PS4 and the years of enjoyment it's given me without having to spend any more on hardware it's a worthy trade off to get those lower frames per second but. I think now, yes, probably the Xbox uh, and the PS5 will be behind PCs again. But again, for 400 quid or 350 for the digital edition, and it will be another 10 years. Yeah, it's a good trade-off. It, it's, I, th- it's, I think it's always worth it for me. And I think especially if you're not into the whole PC Master Race console wars, which I'm not. I've always had all of them, um, and I'll enjoy playing them all individually in their own ways. I think with a console, it's always a long-term win. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is with parents, right? And we don't get the yeah. time and day like we used to prior kids to mm. be able to sit down all Saturday, hanging from your Friday night out, playing Skyrim or whatever, you know, Zelda Breath for of the Wild hours. for eight hours. Like nowadays, you're lucky if you get 10 minutes to yourself. I mean, you can't even sit on a toilet without having without being interrupted these days. So, um very life, true life for is- those who don't have kids <laughs> you never have a shit in peace for the rest of your life it's like they know yeah it's like they know Daddy, you've got what are you again doing you've, in there? yeah exactly <laughs> and you you know we don't have a lock on our bathroom door so they just come in you know you're mid 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 crunch and they'll just come in and it's fine you know me and my wife still have those boundaries but the kids no that's <laughs> that's the whole other ball game but, but I mean, um honest and that's the thing like you don't get that time to play anywhere near as much as you want to and there's no way you could pick up a i don't know 50 to 60 hour game and and complete it in that month not like you used to be able to not just grind out a game like that boom done probably be able to still return it within the 15 days Mm -hmm. return policy you got on it yeah my i always used to have a goal of finishing it in a weekend you know you just would just literally do nothing else you hadn't you know at the time i had no girlfriend which was the theme of my teens and 20s so you know i would i would just go into a weekend and just you know hammer out that game and if you could complete it in a weekend you've kind of like you know that that was a good weekend i've i've done that and then you could trade it in at max price because you know it's basically a brand new game but that no it can't happen i said this in my one of my last podcasts i think is i said this to tyler i think it was is i might have a day where the kids aren't at the house they've either gone to grandparents and my wife's at work so i've got i've got 10 hours i've got eight hours where i could theoretically get really deep into a game but because you've been conditioned as a parent for so long (laughs) that you should be doing something else yeah i find i have these 30 minute spells and then i'll stop i'll get up i'll walk around the house doing nothing in particular apart from I should be doing something else. Put the kettle on. Don't make a cup of tea. That's something I'm very good at. 
putting the kettle on, forgetting I've done it, go into another room, <laughs> go back in, reboil the kettle 15 minutes later, still not make a cup of tea, or make a cup of tea, which I did before this podcast. I just didn't drink put it. Put it down over there. Yeah. I got a full cup of tea, it's stone cold. <laughs> I do that all the time. All the time. My brain is just mush. I, I, even when I could play a game for eight hours, I find I can maybe do an hour and then I need to go off and maybe potter and put some washing out or do the washing up or, you know, I feel guilty. I think you have that kind of guilt of like that. I could do it, but I should be doing something else. Yeah, I mean, one of the hardest things I'm finding is is to have time with the other half really is because the little I don't think people realize this is how much time a child takes up of your life it literally is every living breathing moment and even the moments that you're asleep you don't realize it but that child is is taking your time because yeah as soon as she kicks out or something's wrong boom you're up there you got to be up and I this is what I was going back to saying like Kat my wife has been absolutely amazing about it she has thoroughly understood that with the job that I do, I have to be on the ball. If I'm not on the yeah. ball, then I'm pretty much allowing terrorism to happen. And yeah. like <laughs> she has taken like all over the nights and that's why she's like, as soon as you finish, boom, there's a baby. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now dad until half six, seven o'clock when she goes to bed. Then, then if my wife is still alive and awake, I'll spend some time with her. If she's not, then I'll log on. You know, I'll play a bit of a game. But because it's already like 10 to 9 by that time, I'm not going to be able to smash in and get thoroughly like comfortable with playing, for example, Ghost of Toshima. Um, I'm not going to be able to get involved in that. And the next time time I pick it up... By the time you've got warmed up, it's bedtime. Exactly. By the the time I pick it up and get warmed up, it's 11 o'clock, for example, and I'm knackered. And then yeah. Ella might wake up two or three times in the night, which then Kat has to get up, which then disrupts me. And it's just an ongoing cycle. And playing This is where games. playing terrible games of Warzone with me is, is perfect. Exactly. Two, two yeah. bad games, and then you had enough of me and kick me out. Not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> not a lot of people like the BR mode, but it fits pe- parenthood quite well. It, it really does, actually, you know, and you can just literally just rage quit it and, and you know, go off and do something else. But yeah. I think... Things that have changed from, for me being a dad is I sleep differently. Like I used to be at it when I lived in South Africa, we used to have thunderstorms every day. Johannesburg, you know, is really famous for these really wild thunderstorms. I sleep through it. I didn't even hear it. Mm. You know, I could sleep like, like I was dead basically as a parent. Now I never got like why my dad wore earplugs. I was like, what do you mean? Ear- what do you need earplugs for? You live in a cul-de-sac. You can't hear anything, but <clears throat> you shallow sleep. So now at three in the morning, I, I hear Poppy crying. She's the most likely one too. She's only four because she needs to get up and have a wee. So I need to run in before she has an accident, lift her up, lift her to the toilet so she can have a wee mm-hmm. and then take her back to bed. Well, I'll come out of sleep like that. Yeah, I sleep with earbuds as well. Do you? Yeah, to be yeah, able to sleep. I just, I, I just, yeah, I never was like that before having kids and you you kind of have this reconditioning of how you shallow sleep. Um, you know, I very rarely get a really good deep night sleep now. Um, but I think going back to the partner thing, that is a really important thing because I, I think I'm fortunate enough that because Carly works nights is unlike tonight where I've pre-prepped her Wednesday, I'm doing a podcast so you can watch your shows and hopefully that's cool. I'll give her a few days heads up, but I get enough nights that we have a kind of unspoken rule that when she's home, I'm with her. 
Yeah. You know, I might I might come on and, you know, I'll be on my phone chatting on Instagram, Discord, all those sort of things to keep up with the chat, but I might not game on those nights because I know then she'll work a Friday, Saturday, Sunday shift and I'll get the whole weekend mm-hmm. where I'll just be drinking copious amounts of red wine, getting on, playing whatever I want, get the kids to bed and then have fun. So I'm quite fortunate in that that I've I do get those chances. She'll be home then for seven days and I won't game for seven days, but it's a it's a it's a it's a good trade off. Yeah, I mean cat and I are the same, like I think we got a routine down and I think routine is a really big thing for, for partners and, and especially mm. par- young parents as well. Like prior to baby, I used to stream and game all the time. I mean, that's who I was prior to a relationship and that didn't work. Like we, we weren't working for that and you have no. to compromise it and, and change. And right now I'm streaming Monday, Wednesday and Fridays and then Tuesdays, uh, Thursdays and the weekends are with her and the family. Yeah, because you have to spend more time with your family because it, it it's more important than playing a computer yeah. game. You know, it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. You need to have your hobby. I mean, the thing is, you know, I've always said this is I could be one of those guys like you see on these Only Way is Essex and whatever, and they're still living the lad life and they're still going out to clubs and whatever. And that was never really my thing anyway. Yes, I did it, obviously, in Bournemouth. As we know, probably Bournemouth 10, 15 years ago was banging. It was a really good night out. It's really not anymore. Nah, you know, not I think it's, it's died a death, really. And it, it might be just that I'm out of touch, but, you know, I don't Getting think old, Bournemouth has... I think the, uh, the terminology I think the phrase use, yeah. is, I think probably is. I was trying to be a bit kinder on myself there, but, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, there probably is still cool hangouts, but it, it doesn't feel like... I remember going to Elements, you know, when that was Elements, oh. and there'd be a queue 80, 100 foot long to get in there Mm. i don't think that happens anymore you know it's not like i go driving down there to check but i think those days are probably gone but i was always a gamer so my trade-off would always be look i'm at home i'm i'm safe i'm not out with other people i'm not out doing drugs all that sort of stuff but this is my trade-off just because i'm here it doesn't mean i don't need that time away from everything and the time away is putting on your headset playing some games i'm at home i'm with you but i do understand that is a very fine line between getting that right and getting that wrong. Yeah, my partner doesn't understand the, the I retract that statement. She does understand now what gaming is. It's not just playing a game, it's escapism from yes. your current life. And it's not just men's because, mental health. Yeah, it's not just because you're jumping into a world and you're blowing up people with C4 and shooting them in the head with a laser beam or stabbing them with a lightsaber or stuff like that. That's not it. What it is is the fact that you're leaving yourself in the room, but you're doing something completely different that you'd never be able to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. You are just... I think it does. You're just completely just mellowing out, just playing, enjoying something that is never going to happen. You know, you're never going to be able to obtain the force or anything like that for example yeah 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 you're just it's fantasy you're just playing it's, yeah it's it's, it's safe fantasy, and of course this yeah. isn't exclusive to dads you know this is there'll be there'll be other you know we have lots of obviously girl gamers on our, on our on our discord and stuff is you know it's a it's they'll be doing it for exactly the same reasons we're talking about male or female yeah. partners who don't game they they if they've never been gamers to or they've try and not played a game to that they won't kind of get it but it could come it could it's hard yeah, a bit like trying to explain Instagram game. Why do you do Instagram? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you cut out for me then, so sorry if I interrupted. But to try and explain gaming to someone who doesn't game is very difficult. Yes. Um, yeah, it's hard. But 
I've I've introduced Cat into uh, a couple of games. Like, there's a game called Overcooked. Have you played that? I I like it. Is that an online one? We could play that together, the four of us. Yeah, I'm pretty. Because I like the idea of it, and Carly finds it so stressful. And it, and it, I'm not going to lie, I am a bit of a, a head chef when it comes to doing that sort of stuff. But I bought it with the idea that we could all play it together. But everyone bottles it. I don't know why, but yeah. that's a great game. I bought it, and I did a stream with Cat about it, and everyone was loving it. That Cat was in there, and she was like, like. She doesn't like being on camera and stuff like that, so yeah. we didn't have it on her, and and she was loving the game, but she, she doesn't have like, and this is a great thing, like she doesn't have the um, motor like, reflexes to be able to use two thumbs, one to look yeah. and one to move, and you're yes. like, you're like, how have you not? How do you not know that? How do you not know how? So far apart from gaming that you don't know how to I use know. these two sticks. That's like. like- that's like the level my six-year-old is at. Yeah. Well, did, She's I learning to use thumbsticks. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is true. Yeah. It's hard to think, you know, and then you use that classic thing. It's easy. It's yeah. easy. Well, it's easy if you've done it, you know, a million times like we have since yeah. we were eight or whatever. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of feel like the same way now when I look at my daughter, I'm like, how do you not realize that is the handle of the spoon and it doesn't have the food on it. Like, come on, girl. And she just goes, dad, 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 dad to me. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. You get away with it. Yeah, you can't look at anything logically while they're, they're that age. And even even with my two, they, again, putting shoes on. It's like every morning I seem to say to myself, how can you not put a sock on? You're six. You know, this is like, oh, you know, how do you not oh, know how I've to brush your teeth? To my two have got a terrible habit of not flushing the toilet and I'll go up there and they've both double dropped and it's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. They just have this thing of not flushing the toilet at the minute and going for a shit. Just carry on. And every, just see what happens. Every t- I'm just going to do the same to them. I'm just going to go up and, and have a massive shit and just wait till they start complaining because it's just it's just endless. And it's like, you do you do this at school? Do you like leave, leave logs at school or do you actually flush? And they're adamant that they do flush at school. It's just they do it for mum and dad at home. It's just bizarre. But these little things that are so simple and you just think, how does your brain work you don't flush the toilet? It's like really simple. But that's kids, mm. I guess. Mm. I'm sure there'll be plenty of parents with other horror, horror, horror stories and habits and things. But, you know, that's that's why we wanted to make this so everyone relates and knows that they're not alone in the weirdness. Yeah. <sighs> kids. <laughs> My my daughter's got six boyfriends apparently at the moment. Six, six boyfriends. Wow. Little, little hussy at school. She's just so popular that I think you know she's it's that kind of really innocent thing of like she'll have one boyfriend one week one the next. But um, Holly, yeah, Holly keeps telling um, me and my wife that Freddie, your cousin, what's your cousin's baby to you? Would that be second cousin? Second cousin, second yeah, cousin. is going out with my daughter apparently. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what happens is you'll get these parent friends. Like, we've got John and Karen, and Freddie's known Daisy since they were born. She goes, yeah, that's my boyfriend. But she properly means it with him. We're going to get married. He's my boyfriend. But they've known each other since, you know, they were six months old. <laughs> but um, they'll probably hate each other when they get to 12. Yeah, probably. Never speak after 12 years old. But it's, oh, it's, it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. But, um, yeah, no, it's 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 a crazy thing, the whole parenting. You know, we're all learning as we go. Um, I think when you have your first child in particular, I remember this, and I've always kind of stood by it, is when you have the first child, you you, you everything is brand new and you're very scared and you want to do everything right. So you kind of follow the rule book 
really closely on the first one. When you have the second child, the rule book goes completely out the window because you're like a seasoned pro. So when the first one, you'd be going in and checking their breathing. You know, you'd be going in and just watching them for 10 minutes to see their chest move. The second one, you're like, they're quiet, leave them alone, don't go in the room. We can have some mum and dad time and watch TV. Yeah. You just completely mellow on the second one. We've, got, we've, got, we've come to this running joke at the moment. Whereas if you make any slight noise when the baby's asleep, we just go, are you trying to wake the fucking baby? Are you trying? Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) And like Kat Kat walked in today because Ella um, managed to have a a nap for longer than 20 minutes. And she goes, I need to wake her up. Otherwise, she's not going to last until this evening. And I went, you're fucking going to wake the baby up. Are you serious? And she just started laughing. I was like, you're going to wake a sleeping child right now. She was like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to work. Catch it. You can deal with that. I'm gone. We get the same with Poppy. She's um, been, she, she goes to school. She gets really tired and then she comes home. She gets in the fetal position on the sofa and we both know what's coming. We're like, she's going to go to sleep in five minutes. And you have this kind of trade-off in your, your brain of like, do we take the silence now and know bedtime's going to be an absolute nightmare? Or do we enjoy two hours now in the afternoon where she's asleep, we can only have to deal with one child then who's pretty chill. She'll just go onto Roblox and play and, and then we can kind of potter, you know, sit and talk, talk or, you know, just get on with our housework or whatever. Or do we wake her up and have the devil child for those two hours? But she'll go to bed later. And it's these constant trades off mm. as a parent. You think if if I was at home alone, I'd let her sleep and I'd deal with the repercussions later. Mate, I, talking about trade offs, right? I I don't remember a time where I have showered less in a week than, <laughs> than ever. Like, honestly. Weekends in particular. I think, I mean, prior to me shaving my head, I used to have like really long hair like 19 inch length hair and i had to shower every other day and prior to baby i was super i mean this sounds disgusting um i am a hygienic individual (laughs) but prior to baby i used to shower all the time since having baby i probably shower twice a week at the moment if i'm lucky and i had to schedule it in in the morning so cat can feed ella whilst i'm showering for then me to come downstairs and look after ella while she has a shower and it's it's unbelievable it's like things like that people who don't have military take for granted yeah don't even realize walking out the front door that doesn't happen anymore that's a whole no whole new new process but showering and I mean, that was pretty much one of the benefiting factors to me shaving my head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think the working from home is definitely, because I, I, I definitely remember that of thinking, I didn't have a shower today. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, you know. Did I put deodorant I, I would be a twi- I would be almost a twice a day, because I have to have a shower before work. I can't be a, a night before shower person and then wake up, because I'll wake up feeling grubby. So I have to have a shower in the morning. And then occasionally I would have one in the evening, just because, especially if it's summertime, you've had a hot day at work, yeah. you feel a bit grubby. Feel a bit you have a shower at night, then go to bed. So you have your two. But like you say, when you're like working from home, you'd just be like in your shorts and a T-shirt, and you've not really gone out and worked up a sweat, so you don't really notice it as much. You've done your teeth, so you mm. feel a bit... But yeah, no, I get that. Going like, to, Especially when it hit the weekend, it'd be like, if Carly was working, and I've just got up, got in my shorts and a T-shirt, by Sunday I'm thinking, I, I haven't showered this weekend. I'm still in the shorts and, it, and T-shirt. <laughs> I'm still in the same shorts and T-shirt, you know. <laughs> I can't smell it, I'm it's fine. I'm quite literally in but, the shorts and T-shirt right now, but funny enough, this is, is a like fresh that. pair It, it definitely is. I can definitely relate. I can definitely relate with that. 
Yeah, man, it's mental. I mean, past- so these dad stories are brilliant, and I'm sure we we could go on for for absolute hours. But I'm just looking at the time now. We're at an hour and a half. Oh, man, it's flown um, by. It has flown by. So we. Uh, we we could go on for ages. I think one of the the the, the kind of the wrap up questions I had. Obviously, we go back to beards. Now we're both mm. rocking a beard at the moment. Um, beards, are obviously, fantastic. Your this is where we're a bit different. In cat, liked your long hair and beard, yeah. whereas Carly hates my beard. Yeah. So I met Cat prior to long hair and beard. Um, I had absolutely nothing. I had like a light stubble, and then I just got really lazy for a while. And just was like, I'm sick to death of maintaining stubble. I'm going to yeah. go for a beard. And she's like, oh, really? Oh. Had the beard. She's like, I love it. And I was like, right. Really? Yeah. And I was like, really? She adopted it straight away. <clears throat> yeah. And then like, um, I, I was like, I'm a bit bored of the beard. So I shaved it off. I mean, first one, actually, I went to trim it and I shaved it off accidentally. The second time we... Which we've all done. Yeah. The second time we went on holiday to Bali and I didn't want a face sponge, so I shaved it off. And now I've not shaved it since we got married. But, oh, I've cut it down, but I'm not... It's it's not coming up. She's actually said if I get rid of the beard, it's grounds for divorce. So that's how much she approves of it. She's definitely adopted it. I mean, yeah, I've never... uh, Even though I'm in a beard now, I've never really been clean shaven. I think the, the... the last time I clean shaved actually was for my 40th because we did, um, I, I made everyone do a, a, a fancy dress cosplay birthday for my 40th. So I was Captain America. So I wanted to have that kind of clean looking Captain mm. America, not the uh, the one where he has a beard and no helmet. So I shaved for that, but I would always have a mini beard or a stubbly beard, but this is the long longest I've gone. But it's gone past that kind of bristly, horrible, spiky phase, which she hates. And even, I think even she says now it's actually really soft now. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm past the worst. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, this is the shortest I've had my beard. Like I've had my beard absolute. It's very well sculpted. Wizard for those who can't see it. Yeah, thank you very much. Just freshly done today. Um, it, it really. Yeah, Where yeah. do you go for yours? Because like, that's a whole new realm for me. Carly keeps saying, "Go get your beard kind of properly." Oh, I'll take properly you to done. some incredible places, mate. When we're at a lockdown, 100%. we'll go have a beer and you'll take me for a beard trip. Yeah, definitely. I even have my barber come to me during lockdown to do my beard at home in the really? kitchen. Yeah. He's fantastic. <clears throat> he's a legend. Scotty boy, this is for you. Good shout out. He's a legend. Yeah, um, nice. Nice. We'll we'll definitely have a new customer there. If I keep my beard up, then uh, I will I'll go to him. He's a, a legend. Um but yeah, like I used to have a ma- a massively long beard, and I mean ridiculously long. This thing was like the middle of my torso length. Nice, and that got like a wizard. That uh, like a massive wizard, yeah. It, like, and then the fact that I didn't have a haircut for over two and a half years, two and a half year, two years. Well, since I got married, I hadn't had a haircut, so I had long hair, massive beard. I just looked homeless some would say (laughs) um and then yeah i just decided that do you know what i'm gonna cut all my hair off and donate it to charity so and that was in october i think as well when i looked on your your personal page that wasn't long ago that was quite recent actually yeah so i donate i cut all my hair off so and that's wonderful not only just like to ponytail i literally went zero on my head like wet shaved my head i was gonna say it was definitely a wet shave you had a very shiny head yeah i went from absolutely 
amazing luxurious locks to nothing um but the stipulation with the wife said is you need to keep the beard so yeah i had the beard yeah i was like, gonna say reshaped. that would have uh, been divorce if it would have been head and you'd been an egg yeah you'd have turned from like this hulky sort of viking warrior to an egg yeah i mean, I, mean that <laughs> I don't know how she would have done with that <laughs> no i think that's the thing because i've i kind of started losing my hair at like 22 23 so for me I've always had facial hair because otherwise I would look like an egg, mm. an egg carton. Um, so, you, you know, it brings a bit of character to your face, I find, because I've also got very, because I, I actually am from kind of that Viking heritage, that kind of Nordic thing. I've got these very light eyebrows and stuff like that, very kind of fair, Scandinavian looking. So if I don't have the beard, I have no character on my face. And I think since I'm getting glasses this year, yeah. um, you know, first first time getting glasses, again, it's probably added something more interesting to look at than just, you know, this kind of really blank canvas. Yeah, no it definitely brings character. Like when I, when I, like when I was going on nights out with the guys, I used to get loads of people come up to me and say, can I touch your beard? And I was like, this is yeah. really weird. Like I'd have to wash my beard like after a night out because so many people would be touching it. Have you been rubbing yeah, their hands through it? Pe- mostly men, which was kind of weird. And then I was just like, mm, I don't man love. Didn't really want this kind of attention. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, they were like, oh man, your beard's so cool. I was like, yeah. I was probably one of them. Touch it. Like, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, hey, you got a nice pair of breasts. Can I touch them? No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's really, just it doesn't work that way. Don't do that. But um, yeah, so maintain the beard. Um, I become an affiliate with a beard com- beard oil company. Um, I'll send you some details nice. of them, yeah, because they're actually really good. Uh, and yeah, so nice. I just just stay with the beard now, and people just know me as Ryan, the big bearded bloke. Really, the big beard guy. I find it quite hard to get the volume underneath the chin. Because it tends to go out really weird at the sides. And no matter how much I kind of shape it, brush it, I have to kind of square it off underneath. So I don't feel like I'm growing that way, which yours is. Yeah, mine grows. So i really lucky with my hair. Like my beard is very full, but my moustache is yeah. really weak. Like I don't grow any hair on the side here at all. I say here, you guys have no idea where I'm on about. I'm on about like the side just of under, your lips. Just under his bottom lip. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. the bottom of my lip's fine, like, the side bits of my bottom of the lip don't, but the actual mustache itself never gets bigger than this. This is it. This is literally no. it. But the bottom, but that's the probably bottom a good thing because I, massive. I find the lip one is really frustrating because I did the same. I I would describe my normal beard is the Beckham beard, where you have the kind of the mustache, then it's disconnected mm-hmm. and shaved down just below the lips here. Yeah. But this one I've infilled. I've infilled this beard so it's proper. But the mustache when it starts to get in your mouth when you're having a drink. It feels really horrible. Yeah, so I had so I had that with the long beard, but I was having the bottom of my beard fold up into my mouth when I was asleep. So <laughs> I'd wake up with beard in my mouth and then my long hair all over my face. And I just literally looked like cousin it. And I was like, this is that's gotta be so attractive. This is just cat. not a lifestyle I want to live. <laughs> Let, <laughs> who is this hobo that I'm exactly. married? And then with a little baby who you have to hold and feed and their hands just grab Puke everything and pull everything i mean ella when i hold her to put her to bed she will no joke pull my beard and stroke it to fall asleep to and that sounds really cute but it's not because babies have a really strong grip and they pull all your hair out on your face death grip it's ridiculous they have a clump of it and then i have to prise her hand open take my beard hairs out of it put her in the (laughs) cot it's just damn you child it's just things you would never expect to 
to happen. It just does. <laughs> they are incredibly strong children. That's definitely something I remember of putting your finger in their little, little death claw and they do mm. grab onto that and don't let go. And then fingernails as well. If you don't cut their mm. fingernails, that little thin Vultures. slice will just slice straight through your skin like a paper cut. It's Worse than a paper cut. Little Wolverine, I tell you. Definitely. Well, look, I think we will we will probably look to wrap it up there. We're well in. We'll probably continue having a, having a little chin wag. But mm. um, thank you for joining me on this podcast. I think this probably would be one of those that could be, you know, maybe a regular thing. Um, we'll get you back on because it's been really interesting and, and good to uh, to kind of go through all these topics. There's probably so much more we could have spoken about. But um, again, thank you for taking the time out tonight. I know, like you said, you've only got a nine month old, so this is precious time. Hey, she's been asleep. She's golden. The wife's asleep. Good. She's been reading her book. And this has been absolutely amazing to do. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been really good. I think the big thing for this is we're going to come out of lockdown on the second. Um, there's obviously going to be some sort of kind of release. I think we're going to be a low-tier town. I would, uh, I would expect crossed, us yeah. to be a low-tier. Fingers crossed. So if the opportunity arises for us to get out pre-Christmas and have you know a beer, um, it'd be great to get Paul involved as well around the corner so we get three royalty members out. Mm-hmm. to have a beer and um you know talk about stuff in person this is really nice this is a nice substitute but it's not the same as going out for a beer and 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 hanging out but i'm more than happy to do this while we have to it's a taster um, no, for the full for the full biscuit you know i think so i mean one of the biggest things and again I won't go on to too much ramble because we have another 20 minutes of it but you know <laughs> when we we talk about royalty rgb obviously you know a lot of that is people who don't live close by so we'll obviously naturally probably you know go and meet and hang out and stuff and and that but i would love to do a big royalty community meetup and kind of either do a, an nec in birmingham or something like that and go to a big con and we all go in our caps and our t-shirts and all meet up and meet each other for the first time and have a proper good knees up yeah um that that for me is like goals that's that's something i massively want to do and anyone else that wants to come from from instagram as soon as this pandemic's down uh we'll definitely we'll, we'll definitely something organize something like that for sure well yeah. definitely our hometown can be a host venue i know we're right down south so for a lot of people it's a long way to go but more than happy to find a venue down here and we'll host something cool and and do something but it will definitely do something together we'll get we'll get as many local people there are a couple of people that are only an hour away so they've already said when they're able to they'd like to come down for a meal with their partners so i think it'd be lovely once you get to the stage of being able to get babysitters and stuff is get you and cat out get carly out they're not going to understand any of the gaming stuff but I think they'll be able to find enough common ground so that yeah, your, your parents, wife and my wife so, can yeah. moan together and say, roll their eyes. You know, Ryan's just bought another <laughs> monitor and Carly's going to be, oh, don't get me started. I told her said he couldn't have a TV until the other one broke and then I come home and there's a 55-inch OLED in there. And it's, you know, they've got a lot in common with us gamers. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, don't add more fuel to the fire. That's just, just... I know not needed not needed it's not needed it's not needed but no thank you again for coming out we're going to get this up um i'm going to get this edited asap and get it up for the weekend um just got to do the artwork to the cover and stuff and for those that have listened i hope it's not been too much of a long ramble this is the longest podcast yet but you know it's fun when you get talking to someone that you just kind of click with and i think we're all very much like that we all click with each other hence why we hang out with each other on instagram so um for those of you who uh who haven't haven't followed ryan yet i will put the link to his instagram below he's an awesome dude just hit 100 followers we'll be joining the full royalty uh team soon uh very soon already on the stream team mm-hmm. already in the discord already making waves but that that setup is going to be added to full royalty membership soon and um yeah thank you so much for being a a big presence in the community already thank you very much for having me
Thanks, dude. And uh, yep, thank you everyone for tuning in. We're going to be going to episode four, hopefully very shortly in the next few days, but I hope you enjoyed. Thank you very much and we'll catch you soon. Take care. So thank you all. That is a wrap. We'll be moving on to the next episode very soon. Once again, thank you for tuning into this podcast. You can follow me over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Every follow and listen is very much appreciated. Thank you all. And I hope to speak to you very soon on this podcast. And I hope you've enjoyed today's show. 